I am a soul, what does that mean? What does that mean is, to me, is that I am pure, unconditional loving at my core. There's no duality in that place. There's duality in our humanness, right? In our human condition, we have duality of light and dark, right and wrong, we have these thoughts, right? But in the soul consciousness, in this higher consciousness, there is, there is, it's unconditional loving, it is compassion, it is abundance and joy and trust, right? It's our highest, highest, highest qualities. And when we learn how to live from those qualities, everything else gets smaller. Welcome to Curious Ones podcast by Andara. I'm Yael Ginsberg, the host of the podcast, a yoga and meditation teacher and philosophy lover. Each week you will hear eye-opening interviews with the different teachers of the Andara Yoga Institute located in beautiful Baja, Mexico, along with other teachers that pass through here. This life-changing knowledge shared through authentic, heartfelt communication will help you live a happier, more fulfilled, and connected life. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to Curious Ones podcast by Andara. I'm Yael Ginsberg, and today I have the amazing Lena Florio on the podcast. Hello, Lena. Hello, Yael. It's so good to see you. You too. So me and Lena know each other from Yandara, of course. She has been there since I arrived uh, doing different roles. She started as the head of retreats and taking care of the whole retreat business. Now she is the managing director of Yandara. She's going to teach a spiritual life coach training starting in March. So check it out, everybody. And her background is actually as a spiritual life coach. Uh, she runs retreats all over the world. She's done a few at Yandara, and she's just an incredible person. So I'm so happy to be doing this with you, Lena. And I'm honored. And it's been so long in the making, right? When you first started doing these podcasts, it was like, I did, it just the timing didn't work. But now I just trust that the timing is perfectly aligned. And I just, I know this interview is about me, but I'm going to take a moment just to say how proud I am of you for doing these podcasts. Really, it's, it's worth a mention because you, Yale, I, I mean, I remember when this was just an idea, you had just graduated and you're like, I want to do a podcast for Yandara. And we were like, oh, okay, this is great. But who are, you know, we didn't know you and you just seemed, you know, you know, young and it's like, you had never done it before. And we didn't know, you know, what you were really capable at the time. So it was part of us was like, yes, but like, ooh, you know, but you, yeah, like you, I am so proud. I, I, I witnessed the whole thing. You know, you had a vision. You were very clear in it. You believed in it. And through even resistance, whether it was be us, you know, really just saying, okay, yes, do this. 
to technical things and figuring out how to do it. And you had never hosted before. So to see how far you've come from over a year ago now, is it, how long has it been? Like a year and a half. Amazing. I mean, amazing. Yeah. You, you persevered. I mean, it's, it's a really great example of when you really want something, right? When you really want this, will tie into the whole podcast on spiritual coaching, but it's like, when you really want something and you're passionate about it and you really believe it and trust in yourself and are willing to work hard and persevere through the resistance, here you go. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. And not only did you pull it off logistically, but you are really good. You are a really, really great interviewer. <laughs> really. Thank I listened. You. Yeah. You ask really insightful questions. You, um, you have a certain level of, um, there's almost like this knowing you're tapping into something and you really connect with each, each guest. And yeah, I, I love listening to them. So thank you for doing what you're doing and thank you for all that you've done and for shining your light. Lena, I'm going to cry. We just started. I know it's okay. We tend to cry. I think we've cried before. In each other's presence. 100%. Yeah. Thank you. That means so much. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Wow. And you really saw from the beginning. I remember like one time we didn't really know each other in the beginning. I I was there just as a student and you were more like behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you came to me and you were like, I heard you want to do a podcast. And I was like, yeah. And I, 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 like I saw the question in your eyes and you were like, who is this girl? And, (laughs) but like, that was just the first, the initial introduction. I have to say that after that, there was other resistance because it was really like, like, what is this project even? And you were actually one of the voices of, of like backing of this project you you saw it from very early on really your presence there and your vision of what this project can be and also your vision for Yandara like I I can also say for you like I see that your vision of what Yandara can be and your role in in seeing the bigger picture behind the things in such a um, such a synchronistic high level of insight one of your gifts is that you you see what things can be before they are um thank you for sharing that reflecting that and i'm sure that that's very helpful as a a life coach Mm, very much so Yes. So maybe you can you can speak a little bit about that, like being a a vision holder for clients for before they can even see the vision of what they can be and how you guide them to that place. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It might it might even be helpful to helpful to try to explain what a spiritual coach does and how it kind of differs from regular life coach or even therapy, right? Because there's common themes and threads. So, um, and then I I think I could better answer that question. Um, But ultimately, you know, a spiritual life coach is somebody who 
you know, really helps the client connect with who they truly are. You know, it's like a, there's coaches for all different types of things. You know, there's health coaches, sports coaches, and they help them see themselves being better at whatever area that they're doing. Whereas a spiritual life coach is looking, it's more of a holistic approach, approach looking at the whole person and who they truly are and helping them see that. And then through a variety of ways, become that. So it's actually less doing and more being. It's less goal line and what I call more soul line or learning line, right? It's like our inner, our inner school, right? Is, yeah. is, is the one, you know, when we do, you know, there's a saying in spiritual psychology, spiritual psychology, which is our outer experience is a reflection of our inner reality, right? So how we relate to things is, is what we're dealing with. So a spiritual coach will say, you know, who are we inside? How are we, how are we relating to this issue and how can we reconcile that? So it's more of like an inside out approach to supporting somebody and moving forward in whatever area of their life that they're seeking, whether it's a goal or a way of being inside, such as more peaceful, you know, or, um, yeah, whatever it is that they're seeking. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. I, I think that what you said is the only way that we can approach life. Um, mm -hmm. The sentence about our outer experience is a reflection of our inner experience because I find that there is no outer advancement, there is no outer development without the inner work first. We can see that playing out in the world. We can see that playing out within ourselves and our communities and the places we work. Absolutely. It's an inner change to get the outer result. A hundred percent. And <laughs> do you find that people usually know where they want to go in terms of like their outer goals and then you have to kind of connect them to their inner goals first or is... <laughs> the process of working with a person in helping them realize what their vision is, mm -hmm. who they're meant to be, mm -hmm. what is their sole purpose in the world? How, how does that process look? Is it you seeing the vision for them and helping them get there? Is it questions that you guide them in order to mm -hmm. understand where the focus of the work needs to be? How does that process look like? Yeah. Yeah. And you also asked, does everybody know what they want? Right. And so, and on some level, you know, every client is very, very different, you know, and, and some clients come knowing that they want to achieve something. Right. And it's usually something on the goal line, right. Or it's a better job or to, to advance in their career or to be in a relationship or to, you know, whatever it is. And so I do help them get more clear on what that is because clarity of intention is very, very powerful. But to your point and to your question, not everybody knows. They think they might know, and that's part of their stuck point. They think they want to go into this industry or they think they want to be, you know, they want to improve in X, you know, whatever area, but they don't, they're not always clear as to what that is. So to answer your question, yes, it is one of the first things that we do. We identify what they are seeking, what they are looking for, you know, um, 
getting clear on that vision, what steps that they've taken thus far, you know, where are their stuck points? And, mm -hmm. and their stuck points or their blocks are sometimes conscious, they're aware of it, not enough time, not enough money, I don't believe in myself, or it doesn't work, whatever it is. But there's often some lingering, like unconscious ones, like deeper underlying points or misunderstandings within their own consciousness that they're carrying and playing out as they're trying to succeed on the goal line of whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. So we have to really, before we start working together, we have to really understand that. So there's mm. a period before we even really start coaching, you know, the first you know, pre-session and then the initial session or two is really starting to clarify that. And then really determine their willingness and their readiness to do this type of work because this isn't the traditional therapy and traditional therapy is fantastic. I think everybody should be in therapy at some point in their lives because it really, really helps someone understand and connect the dots between what their mind is saying and how they're feeling and maybe where it came from and noticing the patterns and finding new ways to be with themselves, you know, and to, to move through that. Whereas in spiritual psychology, we go deeper, you know, we go deeper and, um, and we, we tune and we turn and we direct everything back to the heart. So spiritual psychology, if you were to ask me to define it, which many people do, what is spiritual psychology or what is spiritual coaching? And it, it's like, when I try to define it, it's almost like, it's almost impossible because I don't have a generic answer. I don't have, it's almost like trying to define love, like, right? How do you define love? It's just so vast and infinite, right? So same thing with spiritual coaching. It's like um, spiritual coaching is in many ways coming back, remembering who we are, which is love. Our essential nature is love. All of us, we were all born as love, a being who is capable of immense depths of loving. It's only what we're taught in this world through our environments, our situations, the countries we live in, the cultures, and you know, nature versus nurture. Um, but within that, we also learn things in our humans, right? So we learn things, some of which are true and some of which aren't true about how life works. And I've you know, we've done so many podcasts with so many different healers who are specialized in all these different modalities and they all address it and they all have their ways of moving through it, right? So spiritual psychology is, um, again, it's, it's supporting the person and understanding who they are, which is love. And when you remember and identify and learn to live and from loving as our true essence, everything else is so much easier. Wow. And as I say that, I realize it's so much easier to say than to practice being because the lower parts of ourselves, right? We all have light and dark in us, right? So our, it's when our dark creeps up and sometimes really our dark aspects, whether it's fear, upset, anger, greed, jealousy, whatever it is that's popping up, it's like that 
ego, you know, it's ego, right? So when that ego pops up, it can be subtle or it can be really powerful. And when that takes dominion over our loving, we forget that we're loved. We forget that much of that upset is not even true. It's just an illusion or their perception of what is upsetting them or their perception of how they're relating to that outer experience. But yet the inner reality is what they're working on, right? Through spiritual psychology. So that's what I'm doing individually with people. You brought up a really interesting and very relevant um, Mm -hmm. topic because um, I'm trying not to only speak about the war going on in Israel, but I'm living in Israel and there's a war going on. And even if you're not Israeli, I feel like the whole world has been affected by what's happening. And, And the interesting part for me, like what I want to focus on from what you said is, is really how this, the dark parts of ourselves can take over to the point that we are so consumed by the darkness that we don't realize that we're yes. consumed. Yes. Yes. You're highlighting something so important. Yeah. And first I want to just acknowledge you at this point because, you know, I mean, I could cry just thinking about it. It's a lot to carry for everyone involved, not just in Israel. You know, it's just yet and I want to say I, I acknowledge you too for all the posts you've been doing on your Instagram about this, these little snippets, because you're shining your light in the best way you can in a situation that feels scary and that fear is real. So it'd be so easy to say, oh, but I'm love. Everything's okay, right? Everything's going to be okay because I'm going to trust from love, right? But we do live in this physical world where these things are playing out and you are having a human experience and in your humanness, you forget. We forget. We forget. Yes. So to answer your question and what I see in these videos, these really little beautiful snippets that you've been posting on Instagram is someone very real in the situation right now, relating to it as the best you can. And you are spiritual, right? So you are, I can see where you're trying and you are often holding this place, trying to come from a place of neutrality when it does not feel neutral. You have, you know, bombs going off, you know, it's like you, it's your, your life, you know, there's danger around you. You are not, are not as safe. So it's natural that that fear will keep rising up until you keep remembering. And, And that's a practice. Yes. And I feel that it is really hard to even carry this kind of voice. And I have to like speak honestly, even in Israel, I see the resistance. I don't want to get like too political or too, um, to get caught up in the small points. But what I do wish to speak about is the resistance that we have to open our hearts to people that are perceived to be enemy, and I put it in in quotes, Mm -hmm. from a place of fear, from a place of wanting to survive or like the survival place of protecting 
ourselves. But if I connect it and relate it to people outside of this situation, like people around the world, I feel like it is so easy to stay in a place of anger and fear in the guise of protecting ourselves, like building these walls up around our heart and around our, our true self under the, the guise of, I need to protect myself. The world is dangerous. It's, it's not safe for me to, to be loving because that's naive. And then somebody will, will hurt me because we're, we all get stuck in like putting this armor around our heart and forgetting that we are love because we were hurt because we were maybe attacked because we experienced hard things that that showed us that we need to protect ourselves mm -hmm. how do you guide people to maybe first find what these blocks are we call it blocks but it's really like these protection mechanisms that we put on ourselves mm -hmm. and then how to to release them and come back to our true nature which is love yeah so yeah i hear you hence it isn't easy um especially in a situation like this but whenever you are whenever you recognize within yourself that you are off balance or you're in upset, you know, that means your inner school is in session. So on some level, you've already forgotten, you know, on some level that you're love. And you can remember from the mind, I am love, I am love, or love is my essence. And you, you know, you may have even the intention still to speak to and speak as love and from love. But um, when your fear, you know, is activated, As you said, it's easy to forget. So I would say a few things. First and foremost, the recognition, which you just did. And number two, to give yourself some quiet space and to breathe into the place inside that's hurting. And then from there, with, when I'm with a client, if I was with you one-on-one -on -one doing a coaching session, there's a whole variety of tools I can pull out within my toolkit. Right, to help you get where you need to go. And I would intuitively tune into which one I would work with you with at that point. But all of them in one way or another would be guiding you to really understand what that upset is saying. Because if that upset is saying something and I don't want to project or say anything that you feel that you don't, we could make this in a coaching session, but it might not. <laughs> we could, we actually could really do a coaching session on this. But let's just say you know, that it's like we would give that, we could give that fear a voice, for example, right? So you could learn, you could, you could say, I'm upset because, and it feels like this. And within that fear, even is something true and not true. And spiritual psychology, as a, I'll speak for myself, would help that person discern between what is true about their thoughts and not true. Because when you're not feeling and thinking, when you're in upset, you're not in your loving, you're in upset. 
and to what we're doing is reconciling the upset. It's like it's healing the aspects of our consciousness that are lower, darker. And I hear you when you say you have frustration when you hear, even within your own country, you know, it's like some people are saying, you know, there's just, I'm not saying your country is divided because it's not, but there's differences of opinions based on their experience. And the same thing in Palestine and everywhere else in the world, you know, so there's a lot of fighting and in that fighting we, we forget. And the, and so if I were coaching you, and by the way, I'm here for you anytime, if you want to work through any of your upset, absolutely, really, like, yeah, you please, I want you to know that open invitation, call me. But what we would, and what we would do is really, you know, we would clarify what that upset voice is saying. I'm upset because people in my own country are, or people in the media are, or, you know, whatever it is. And again, whatever, and again, we could talk about all the tools in the toolkit because that's a lot of what I'm teaching in that spiritual coaching course that I mentioned. It's like, it's like learning how to be with somebody so that they can understand, better understand the consciousness within their own mind. And I don't mean just the mind and the emotions. I mean the heart because spiritual psychology is the psychology of love, right? So, so I would guide that person back. And in this case, if you were coaching, I would guide you back through the reconciliation of the parts of you that are stuck in a darker place. Beautiful. What I, what I recognize in what you're saying and, and also in my intention as well, because of course I have an opinion about what's happening. I live here. I'm part of it. I'm, I'm very involved, but my wish is not to defend my position or my opinion. Right. My wish is to speak about concepts that are higher because now we're seeing it specifically in Israel in a certain way playing out, but we see this in every single aspect of life on a certain level, right? Hey, I'm quickly interrupting the episode to extend an invitation. If you are interested in deepening into any of the subjects we talk about on the podcast, we offer many different experiences on our beautiful grounds here in Baja, Mexico. From nine-day modules such as sound healing and yoga nidra, to breath and meditation, as well as two or 300-hour yoga teacher trainings, and many different shorter retreats. Check out our website, yandara.com, to see all the information about the different experiences. Let's get back to the episode. Absolutely. This is the human condition playing out in this form. And it's a big one right now. But we deal with inner conflict within ourselves all the time. And even though I'm a coach and I have a lot of tools in my toolkit and I've done a lot of work, I still am tested. Right? So we are all, <laughs> right? We are all doing this. We're doing it individually. We can do it in group format. We can do it through yoga philosophy and education. We can, we can find our way to, to continue to evolve. But regardless, we are, and this is another principle of spiritual psychology, is that we are all divine souls having a human experience, mm. right? And so in our humanness is where it's actually lower because within this beautiful mind that we have that is so brilliant and miraculous as to what it does. It's like within it is an aspect of the mind called the ego. And through the ego, we don't have to label everything as ego, but it's like, we just do, we get upset, we get triggered. 
and it's what we do as we relate, right? So it's like how we relate to the issue is the issue. Like um, there was a movie, Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. He said it beautifully. It's the problem is not the problem. The problem is how we relate to the problem. Yes, exactly. Right? So right now we'll say in Israel and then in every human being, no matter what your issue is, it's like there's an I'm right, you were wrong scenario playing out, right? I My side is right, your side is wrong. And some of those people within Israel, like you are demonstrating, you're really trying to rise up and see and hold for both, right? And I imagine that there's plenty in Palestine, you know, Palestinians who are doing the same. It's just there's varying degrees of people, you know, and their feelings about it and their beliefs about it based on what they were taught. And therefore, yes. within that, they have varying degrees of attachment to how they think it should be. Yes. Yes. And I think also we have to acknowledge that there is a lot of fear a lot more fear on the Palestinian side because they are ruled by a terror organization that governs by fear and terror and and a lot of bad things. So I think that even if somebody wants to speak about peace, they don't have the possibility to do it because they will very much be in danger for, for speaking in in this way. Yes. Yes. And when they've been in that environment for so long, they're just so conditioned to it. They almost don't even, they can forget that there is any other way. Yeah. And so, you know, going back to how I would coach you in that situation is to help you discern between what is love and what isn't, what is true and what isn't, and then bring you home to yourself to remember who you are and how you can hold it for yourself. And the world. Mm. I want to first frame what you said because there was an important tool that you mentioned there mm -hmm. about like bringing up what the fear is from the subconscious to the conscious realm mm -hmm. that we're aware of what is the voice of this fear, what is it telling us, and then also discerning which part of it is true and which part of it is untrue. And I think that's very, very, very big part of the process. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, to frame that. But I also want to speak about what you just mentioned, because what I see now in, in the rhetoric is a lot about how can you stay loving? How can you keep an open heart when you were attacked? Yeah. I mean, I'll first say it's not like, it's, it's hard. It's not, it's not like you could just flip the light switch and say, oh, but I love, everything's okay, right? Because- And I, ha and I have to add on to that. Sure. I, I just have to add on to that, that the the continuation of that sentence is we tried love it doesn't work Ooh, yeah that's how you feel that's what i hear a lot it's not what i feel okay so that's what you hear oh from israelis uh, some israelis who are resisting some israelis yeah and i and i can say that also for 
like again this is a we're speaking about israel but this is existing everywhere when people are hurt and loving there is a danger of being um taken advantage of there are people who will see that as weakness there being loving can also be considered something not good like it, it doesn't work yes or, I, I need or, to be strong. or some even see it as weak oh you don't understand you know exactly. that's not the real world we have to fight exactly right exactly so that's what so i this, mean okay so yeah the, i understand what you're saying we do live okay if we're divine souls having a human experience right we are love that is i believe all of our our, our true essence as we were saying earlier anything else is something that we learned and if we learn it we can unlearn it mm. the reality also is as a as a as a world right you know if our if our essential nature is to be loving with all things that can be true and also we have had human consciousness and humanity playing out over however many years and years evolving right mm -hmm. and so within there's we can't just say say oh let's all be loving with each other and then you know go off and, you know then we're called tree huggers right it's like you know we're living <laughs> in this fairyland of you know but the reality is this is the world's consciousness collective consciousness playing out based on history and history of things that we were taught, whether that war is the answer, fighting is the answer or the solution, you know? So it's like, you can, um, you know, there's this evolutionary process, you know, this, this evolution has just been playing out, but I truly believe, I, I truly believe that even though things feel really scary and are, and we have legitimate reasons to be upset and concerned, and in your case, specifically, directly fearful, right? It's like, I truly believe that humanity is evolving. The consciousness amongst humans overall is evolving. People are doing the work on the inner, the inner work more than ever. And there's a ripple effect of that. And there can, there can be all, there's all these different modalities. There's all these different trainings. There's wellness is a huge industry now because people are actually saying, is fighting really the answer? Like, is that, you know, it's, it's not the solution, but what you're dealing with directly right now, you're in the midst of people with very strong, current, present feelings about it. And even the people who actually know better, I've tried love, it didn't work, right? It's like, that's, I would believe for the most part, they're just temporarily, their fear has been elevated, activated. It is so strong right now that they can't even see what essentially they know is true. Hmm. So the best that we can do, I believe, right? I believe that we can find the ways within ourselves each of us individually, and then with as many people in our sphere as possible, to be loving, to rise up into our own loving, to keep remembering and practicing. Again, it's not a light switch. It's a practice of coming home to ourselves over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until we are residing and vibrating from this higher place where it takes dominion over the darker voice. 
I wish I had an exact answer, but I mean, if I did, then there wouldn't be any issues in this world because it would be too easy, but this is part of our collective here. This is part of, you know, us learning. We're just, we're still all learning. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that what you said is that we, we can recognize the kernel of truth in what we hear. So if we hear something that is hateful, our body immediately contracts inside. Yes. But when we hear a message of love that resonates with our internal kernel of love, even yes. if it's really, really deeply buried inside. Yes. It will resonate. Yes. And you're actually saying something that's really important because I want to make sure I do not miss a certain point because we want to be careful of spiritual bypass mm -hmm. because, you know, you just said, um, you know, when we hear or feel something or if you, you know, you just said before our, our call that alarm might go off and you might have to leave the interview to go into a bomb shelter. Like that's scary. Right. So if, if that alarm goes off, you're going to contract, right? right? You're going to go into fear and you're going to take care of yourself. So the contraction, whatever the closing off is, you can talk chakras if you want, right? It's like yeah, there's a closing off there. in our condition and we don't want to bypass that part, right? Mm. So I just want to make sure with what I'm saying, it's like the answer isn't, you know, you just can't bypass everything just to get to love. We have to consciously work through it can't be with that part that is contracting. So let's speak about that. What does that mean to bypass the experience that we're having? Yeah, to bypass is to ignore or forget or try to work around what is present for you in terms of your upset or your judgment or your anger. Mm -hmm. You can't think I am love. Yeah, I love, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, the world is just evolving. So I'm just going to let that happen and not pay attention because I know in the end of the day, everything is going to be just fine. It's very easy to do that. Um, and there, you know, it's just that that does happen. But even in an argument with somebody, even that, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with this. It's like, you don't, within ourselves, we don't want to bypass the, the thing that's triggering our upset because then we don't really get to the real solution or we don't really get, it's harder to get back to love. Like mm -hmm. I just decided I'm not going to be mad at you today, even though you really are. That's like, that's like, <laughs> I'm just going to love you today, even though, you know, you're mad about 10 things like then eh, you can do that. You know, you can do that. It won't be easy. You'll have something bubbling underneath the surface and then who knows how it's going to come out later. We don't want to bypass. Right. Yeah. I find that like, I, I am guilty of this. Sometimes I, I have to admit, like yeah. in a way I thought that not getting upset by something upsetting is the spiritual way to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that I'm actually ignoring the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, and let's also be realistic. You know, there's certain times, you know, where you can, 
you have more time and space to be with your feelings. If you're in the supermarket and you get a really strong upset about something and you want to start wailing and screaming in the middle, no. You're like, okay, I'm going to put this aside. Or you're in a meeting and you're upset about something that somebody says. You know, it's like, I can sit here and blow up and make it into a thing. Or I can, you know, just put it aside for now and I'm going to be with it later and then decide later how I'm going to be with this thing or this situation. Mm -hmm. You know, so on some level, it's, it's really okay. It's just when you're really trying to heal something authentically, right? When you're really trying to hear some, heal something that is powerful for you and that keeps showing up over and over, that you keep butting up against and hitting the same roadblock, it's like chances are you might have been bypassing something or just not paying close enough attention to the part, the underlying part often, that is actually really wanting to be heard and understood and reconciled. Yeah, because we we might, I, I love that you mentioned that it is important to be able to put it aside momentarily and choose mm -hmm. how and when to, to approach the issue. I just think that not many of us do actually take the time to approach the issue. Yes, absolutely. It's, it happens all the time, even in relationships. You know, it happens a lot of times in relationships because you don't want to be arguing all the time, right? You don't want to be, but you're trying to share and live with this person. Right. And and you can have very, very, very different opinions and approaches about the way things are done or the way you relate to people or children. And so you're not going to nitpick. Right. At every little thing your partner says that you disagree with. And so therefore you might be holding it. And that's a contraction. Right. As you mentioned, a contraction, a holding. Right. And it's like. There's, a, you know, you want to be mindful of the time and the place to say the thing. And ideally. You will on your own if it's not it's proven not healthy with the you know the partner to resolve it out in the present moment, but maybe to go off on your own or with a therapist or a coach and to really be with that upset and really understand what it wants you to know. Like what is really happening? Why am I really getting triggered? Because it might not be what I think it is. It might be something else, it might be just how I'm relating to the issue. You know, yeah. is like, so if a partner says he's neglecting me or I feel abandoned, right? It's like, well, abandonment is usually the under thing, right? Or I feel like he's neglecting, he's not paying attention or she's not paying attention, you know, whatever they're, they're not doing enough for me and I'm angry and I'm upset. So it, this person may have the legitimate reasons and examples of why they feel that way, but whether or not it's true is another thing. It could just be the way they're relating to the upset and, and any attachment on how they think it's supposed to be. Mm, definitely. So when we spend more time with that part that's really upset and give it what it needs. And again, traditional psychology will look at it through the lens of the mind and understanding where'd you learn that from? How do you make you feel? How's a, what's a new way you can be with it? Where spiritual psychology would bring it We'll do all that and also bring it back to love, mm. right? Bring it back to the parts of you that were not love. Let it speak from that place, which feels very safe. And then to refine, you know, really refine or reframe the entire experience from one that is lighter, that is more true and compassionate. Beautiful. 
Why do you think that is? Why do you think it is so hard for us to look at these parts of ourselves? It's so hard for us to acknowledge when something upset us or even to give it the space that it needs. I think it's, it's we do have the, the, the function of the ego. You know, we might look at the ego as a bad thing, but the ego is our friend too because it's our, it's our light bulb that goes off. Something isn't right. So we are always, as long as we're, unless we're, you know, kumbayaing under a tree for the rest of our lives, we are, you know, legitimately out there in the world and we're going to be triggered by things. And it, it's, to answer your question, it's only hard or it's harder to the degree by which we're resisting. Mm. It's harder to the degree by which we're attached to how we think it's supposed to be. Percent, a hundred percent. Attachment is the root of all suffering, right? So, mm-hmm. so the more space we can give that attachment, whatever the discomfort is, again, reconcile it from an authentic, compassionate, loving place. So I want to just circle it back to a question that you asked me earlier, like how, you know, how do you work with people to resolve? And I said, oh, I have all these tools in my toolkit. And I do. And, 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 and I'm always pretty obscure, vague about it because I don't plan what tool I'm going to use with a client. You know, it's like, it's a combination of, I want to answer what those tools are, but it's really a combination of where that client is, their readiness, and then what applies to that situation. But in many cases, one of my favorite tools is what I, is what I learned in spiritual psychology, which is compassion and self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in, when we're in a place of upset or schools in session, or where there's an incongruency within our own consciousness and it, it resides in our body. I keep pointing to the body because it resides somewhere in the body as well. That's our wake up call to something, right? And that wants to be reconciled. So let's say the tool is giving that part a voice, right? And letting that voice speak authentically and safely. And then helping the client resolve, right, that upset. What we often do is recognizing where the judgment is about themselves, about others, about the world, about God, about whatever it is that they're not trusting, that they're feeling upset. Right. So we identify the judgments and the misunderstandings on how they've been holding it. Because they may have been saying something like, well, it's not fair because, or that person is wrong because, um, or I almost went into politics, but I, I almost went into that situation, but I won't go there because it'll get tricky, but it is tricky. And, and it is worthwhile though, to really allow those parts to speak identify the judgments, the misunderstandings in our own consciousness and how we've been holding it. And just the acknowledgement of that. And also calling in, you know, the light and the love that we are, our higher selves, God's spirit, divine angels, whoever you pray to, you know, you know, pick, you know, who, who, you know, everybody's different and how they, you know, the degree to which they believe in higher power. But we call that in too. 
you know, and as we reconcile that judgment and misunderstanding, and we can do what, you know, there's compassionate self-forgiveness, there's, you know, child work, there's lots of things that we can do. But compassionate self-forgiveness is one of my go-tos. It is one of my favorite tools to help somebody reconcile their own consciousness on how they've been holding themselves, their situation, their partner, the world, a country, a religion, whatever it is, they've been holding it smaller than it is through judgments and misunderstandings. Mm, I love that because you, you speak about kind of questioning things that we take as if they are truth, but they're actually our interpretation of yes. life, ourselves, the world, other people, whatever it is. And, and I find that that is really the, the key to, to growth in life. If you think that you know everything, then that's it. Yeah, like there's no more growing. There's no more learning. But when you, when you look at life with curiosity, with an openness to even question your own beliefs and your own perceptions, then, then I find that that is really the way that we can actually evolve as human beings. 